Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for November 29th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on, first of all, I was about to say the miracles of Jesus because I was thinking about the, the beginning of the year. I taught a series on the miracles of Jesus at the beginning of the year, and we went through that for about five months. And then from then to now, we've been teaching on the parables of Jesus. I hope that you've been enjoying this. We're at parable uh, uh, part in this series 106. So this is message number 106 from the parables. And right now I'm dealing with the parable of the unforgiving servant. We've learned so much over the last two days about forgiveness and boundaries and relationships. And last night my wife taught Bible study at our church and she was talking about linking up and love and how if you don't walk in love and God has called us to link up one together, you know, one with another and how we're all links in the chain, which is the body of Christ. She said, don't be the missing link. If you don't operate in love, you're going to be the missing link. So anyway, we're just flowing in this, in this vein right now. And so as I get into this message today, here's the title of today's message. Part 106, don't block your blessing. I've told you already that unforgiveness is a blessing blocker. And I'm going to show you from scripture today that it is. So put this in the chat. I will not block my blessing. Get ready to receive the word. Right, so do not block your blessing. Do not block your blessing. Let's go ahead. Uh, before we get into the message, there's a scripture we've been looking at all year, Psalms 126 and verse 4. I want to read it to you again. This is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Do it again for me. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. So if you have any area of your life that's dried up, we believe that this is a season for the Lord to refresh you and restore you. Say amen to that. All right, so let's get into this parable. And today, the point that I'm making is that if you do not forgive, it can block your blessings and hinder your prayers. And we don't want our prayers to be hindered. If you're watching this right now on YouTube, after I've already edited the video, then what you didn't watch was uh, that at the beginning of the live stream, this is the stuff that I edit out when I post it on YouTube. At the beginning of the live stream, we had three prayer requests. And we prayed for these prayer requests and we're a community of believers on the live stream praying for one another, setting our faith in agreement with one another. And we're called to do that. We're called to be there for one another, to link up, to make connections. There are no lone rangers in the body of Christ. But we're going to learn today that if you don't forgive, your prayers are going to be hindered and you don't want that to happen. So you want to release every blessing blocker. Say amen to that. This is what Jesus said. Peter approaches Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive somebody, man? Come on, like seven? <laughs> He's like, this is like, I mean, come on. I know you're talking about forgiveness, but come on. How many? Like, is there a limit? And Jesus is like, uh, no, not seven, Peter. Maybe like 70 times seven? He was like, what? And he said, well, let me give you, I'll tell you a story. And so he said, okay, there was, there was a king, right? Uh, yeah, there was a king and his servants had normally just borrowed money from the royal treasury. And for whatever reason, this king got up one morning and said, you know what? I want to settle accounts. So he's, he told his accountant to come in and says, you know, let's, let's call everybody in and we're going to settle accounts. So he's like, all right, boom. 
So they start calling people in and he noticed that, dude, oh my God, this dude owes a billion dollars. I didn't even realize that we had given out a billion dollars from the treasury. So the guy comes in he was like, yeah. And he said, hey, I need you to pay the billion dollars. He said, well, I don't have it. He said, well, if you don't have it, then you're going to be thrown in jail. And then matter of fact, nah, let's not throw you in jail. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to sell you as a slave. We're going to sell your wife as a slave. We're going to sell your kids as a slave. We're going to sell all your possessions because with that billion dollars, you bought a lot of stuff. We're going to sell everything you own. And then I'm going to try to recoup some of that money. And the guy fell down on his face. He was like, please. He was begging for mercy. And then the king says, okay, what? I'm I tell you, I'm going to extend you mercy. Your debt has been forgiven. One billion dollars in debt, supernatural debt cancellation, wiped out. I'm a king. I can do that. Your debt is forgiven. The guy was like, oof, thank you. And so he leaves. No sooner did he leave, Jesus says, that he runs into a guy that owed him $20,000. And he throws the guy up against the wall, throws his hand on his neck, starts choking the man, said, give me my money. The guy said, I don't have it. He said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get you thrown in jail. He called the cops, had the man thrown in jail. He says he's going to stay in jail until he pays me back the money. Well, somebody saw that. You know how people are nosy, right? Somebody saw that and went back and told the king what happened. The king was pissed. Like, okay, I'm from Brooklyn. That's how I talk. Anyway, the king was pissed. And this is the Rick Pena version. And so the, the king said, tell, matter of fact, bring that dude back to me. So they bring him back. He says, okay, well, fine. Watch this. I'm not going to sell you as a slave because that's not what you did. You had that guy thrown in prison, right? I'll tell you what. Since that's what you did to him, that's what I'm going to do to you. Now, I'm going to put the billion-dollar debt back on you, and I'm going to have you thrown in prison, and I'm going to have you tortured until you pay the money back. And obviously, he can't pay the money back, which meant that he was going to be tortured forever. This is a story that Jesus said. And then, then he said this at the end of the story. Jesus said, uh, right here, verse 35, in the same way, my heavenly father will deal with you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart towards a fellow believer. Like my heavenly father has forgiven you and you receive forgiveness from him. He expects you to forgive other people. If you don't, in the same way, the way that we're dealing with this man in the story, my heavenly father is going to deal with you. So what does this mean for you today? Oh, this is going to be good, y'all. Y'all ready? Let's get into it. This is going to be good. All right. I got a few things and then I got to go get on a plane. All right. Y'all ready? Number one. Faith, prayer, and forgiveness, the connection to Mark 11 and 25. In Mark chapter 11, in Mark chapter 11, Jesus famously said, I've taught on Mark chapter 11 many times. I can't really teach on it this morning. Like I can't get into the whole faith thing, but the Bible says, Jesus said, have faith in God, right? Or have the God kind of faith. For assuredly, I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, but does not doubt in his heart. He believes those things that he says, he shall have whatsoever he says. Put in the chat, I shall have whatsoever I say. If I say to this mountain, be thou removed, cast into the sea, I do not doubt my heart, doggone it, I'm going to have whatsoever I say. Say amen to that. Hallelujah. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you, you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Say amen to that. That's Mark 11, 22 and 23. But people stop there. They don't keep reading. If you keep reading, remember, conjunction, junction, and the conjunctions function, hooking up nouns and verbs. Well, the Bible says the very next verse says, and, and means that, hey, this is connected to what Jesus just said. He said, and whenever you stand praying, uh-oh, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. 
But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Oh, snap. So when Jesus said, whatsoever things you ask for, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Say this to this man, I'm going to have whatsoever I say. In that same passage, in that same conversation, he says, and you better forgive though. If you don't forgive, your father's not going to forgive you. So in context, Jesus is saying that unforgiveness is going to block my blessing. Unforgiveness is going to block my, my prayers. Uh, forgiveness is a prerequisite for effective prayer. So if I want to pray and I want my prayers to be answered, I need to be quick to forgive. If I do not forgive the father, Jesus said the same way you treat other people, the father is going to treat you. So there is power in forgiveness. If I want my prayers to be answered, I need to learn how to forgive and forgive quickly. Put in the chat, I am quick to forgive. There's power in releasing bitterness and malice and hatred and strife and receiving peace in God, from God so that we can pray and prayer, uh, our prayers will be effective. So you got to see forgiveness, not just as a moral obligation, put this in the chat. Forgiveness is a spiritual obligation. The, the father expects me, requires me, commands me to forgive. And, and so now when I'm forgiving, I'm trusting God. I'm trusting that God is the God of justice and recompense. I'm trusting that God is the God of justice and mercy. God will deal with them however he needs to deal with them. It's not my, my job to go get revenge. I don't need to hold grudges. I just need to let it go so that when I pray, I don't have anything in my heart against anybody so that when I pray, my prayers will not be hindered. If you want your prayers to be answered, you need to release every inkling of and every ungodly desire that you have in your heart to hold grudges and to get revenge. Let it go. I told you yesterday, you got to let it go. Say right now, I'm going to let it go. Put it in the chat. I'm going to let it go. All right. Number two, reconciliation before worship. You want to come and worship. Oh, I want to worship God. I want to give God my praise. That Jesus taught that we need to go get reconciled before we even worship. This is found in Mark chapter five. So Jesus said this in Mark chapter five. You're familiar with the commandment from the Old Testament that says, do not murder. Because if you murder somebody, you're going to be judged. But I'm telling you, uh-oh, New Testament, New Covenant, Holy Ghost is going to be inside of you. Under the New Covenant, there's a whole nother, there's a higher requirement. Right? Put this in the chat. Once I have the Holy Spirit, I have a higher requirement. So he says in the old covenant, if you kill somebody, you're going to be judged. New covenant, higher requirement. What's the requirement? I'm telling you that if you hold anger in your heart towards a fellow believer, you are subject to the same judgment as the one who killed somebody just by holding anger in your heart. And whoever demeans somebody or insults a fellow believer, is going to be answerable to the congregation. And whoever calls down curses on a fellow believer is in danger of hell. Like if you, if you, like, you know, if you are sitting there just cursing on people and, 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 and wishing evil upon them, it says you're in danger of hell. So then if you are presenting a gift at the altar, the Bible says, if you're coming to the altar in worship and all of a sudden you realize that you have an issue, with that girl right there on the fourth row. <laughs> no, no, no. He says, leave your, your gift at the altar and go get reconciled. And go reconcile and then come back and present your gift. He says, no, no. If you have an issue, go, go seek reconciliation and then come back and present your gift. So Jesus is making it clear that unresolved conflicts can be a blessing blocker, right? Unforgiveness, blessing blocker. Anger, blessing blocker. Jesus is calling us to be, watch this, put, put this in the chat, 
proactive peacemakers. Put this in the chat. I am a proactive peacemaker. That we are proactively supposed to seek forgiveness from those who have wronged us, right? Even before bringing our gifts and offerings to God. There's a clear link between horizontal relationships with others and our vertical relationship with God. You can't tell me that you got your vertical right if you can't get your horizontal right. John said, don't tell me that you love a God you cannot see when you can't stand the people you see every day. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, my, my pastor, my spiritual father, Pastor Tony Brazelton says, you can't get ministry right and relationships wrong. No, 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 no. You got to get relationships. So you got to prioritize peace and reconciliation. You, you, there's a, a certain level of humility that is required for you to admit when you're wrong and seek reconciliation and, and, and be reconciled to God. So reconciliation with men will lead to a deeper relationship with God, right? So I need to get my horizontal right because if not, it's going to mess up my vertical. Say amen to that. Oh, I know I'm teaching good. Number three, the Lord's Prayer. So you know the, the, the prayer, the real Lord's Prayer is found in John 17, but the Lord's Prayer that people call the Lord's Prayer for Matthew 6, um, in that prayer, there's a line. I don't think you pay attention to it. In that, the line says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, right? Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven those who have been debtors to us. So this is teaching us that there's forgiveness is a two-way street. We're receiving forgiveness from God. We're supposed to extend forgiveness to others, right? And so there's this principle that this is reciprocal. So I don't think you're paying attention to this prayer. If you pay close attention, Jesus' words, what he's saying is, when you pray, hey, Father, I want you to forgive me the same way as I forgive other people. Forgive me as I have forgiven them. So basically what you're saying is, if I don't forgive, then don't forgive me. I want you to treat me the way I treat other people. Be careful now. That's what you're praying. I'm praying, Lord, I want you to treat me the way I treat other people. So when you treat, in other words, Lord, allow me to reap what I sow. And so, so yeah, so yeah, the, the whole principle, the, the kingdom of God functions on sowing and reaping. So whatever we sow, that shall we also reap. If we're sowing bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred, grudges, malice, that's what we're going to get back. So the parable of the unforgiving servant is a good example of this. This is a perfect example of what Jesus said in the Our Father prayer, right? Basically, hey, treat me the way I treat other people. So this guy was forgiven of a billion dollar debt and he went out there, but then he didn't treat others the way he was treated. He turned around and held somebody, choked them, had them thrown in jail over $20,000. So then the king brought him back and said, okay, that's how you treat other people? Cool, that's how I'm gonna treat you. The debt is now placed back on you and you're going to go to jail and you're going to be tormented until you pay the debt back. In other words, you got to be real careful. You are basically telling God, I want you to treat me the way I treat other people. So if you don't treat other people right, you're, you're telling God with your actions, don't treat me right. Right? If that's the case, and it is, this is Bible, you need to check your heart. Put in the chat. I check my heart. Put in the, Some of you could put in the chat right now, ouch and amen, right? I mean, so this is one of those like, man, do, do I really want God to treat me? Yeah, well, first of all, that's Bible. 
Second of all, this is what Jesus is teaching us. So we need to check our heart. We need to make sure that we are not blocking our own blessing. Number four, there is healing power in forgiveness. Not only is it going to release the blessing blockers, but it's also going to heal our heart. Forgiveness is important for many reasons. Not only does it it enable us to emulate the heart of God in this world, but it also can lead to emotional and mental and spiritual healing. So, so you want to be healthy in your soul. And this is going to heal your soul when you let it go. Forgiveness will help you to, to break free from the past and embrace the hope for the future that God destined for you to have from the foundations of the world. Forgiveness is a process and it may re- require you to make a demand on the grace of God to do it. Lord, I need you to help me with this. But as you do it, it will have a spiritual therapeutic effect. Not just a therapeutic effect like in the natural, but in the spirit as well. It will help you to release anger and bitterness and resentment and malice and all of that. All of this stuff this, that you have on the inside, well, you can let it go. So you can be free from all of that. And now I'm, I, my prayer for you is that you find the grace to forgive, that you embrace the grace to forgive even in the most challenging of circumstances because I told you yesterday that forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself right? Forgiveness is more about you. Put this in the chat. Forgiveness is more about me than the other person. And so, so I, if you refuse to forgive, you are actually actively blocking your blessing and actively hindering your walk with Christ. So when you release every blessing blocker, now you're free to be the man or the woman that God is destined for you to be. Number five, last point for today, because I got to go catch a flight. Uh, forgiveness can serve as a catalyst for community restoration as well. So what we want is Whatever happens in us to impact us, then to impact our family, then to impact our friends, then to impact our community, right? And so forgiveness can impact our community. It can bring community reconciliation. Unforgiveness can create division and strife within families and churches and communities. And so if you're not careful, as the body of Christ, we're supposed to represent, we're supposed to emulate. We're supposed to be unifiers. We're supposed to be supporters of dreams and not dream killers. But if the church can't get it right, then the community is going to be all jacked up. So so unforgiveness is going to hinder the flow of God's love and unity in the community. Forgiveness is a key to maintaining healthy relationships, God-honoring relationships. And if we can get that right within our church, it can flow out to the community. Collective forgiveness can lead to healing and restoration and impact the whole community. Why? Because we're showing them what the love of God is and how we're supposed to resolve conflicts and how we're supposed to support one another and how we're supposed to operate with the spirit of reconciliation and peace and how we're here to build up and not to tear down. But as members of the body of Christ, if we can't get it right, then there's no way that the community is going to get it right. And when I say church, remember, you're the church. Put it in the chat. I am the church. I'm the church. You're the church. We're the church. So when you have a testimony of a church that is a beacon of hope and a beacon of love for community, then we're going to we're going to draw people that need restoration and reconciliation. We're going to draw hurting people. We're going to draw broken people. We're going to draw people with bitterness and anger and resentment. And then those people will be reconciled. Those people will be healed in their heart. And then they'll go out and minister to their families and draw them in. And they'll go out and minister to their families and draw them in. So in this world, as I close, a world that's full of anger and hatred and bitterness and strife and pride and self-centeredness, you and I, we're the church, y'all. 
We're supposed to show them something else. We're supposed to, if for you and I to be light and salt, we can't be out here talking about people. For you and I to be light and salt, you can't be talking to somebody from the world and you just gossiping and backbiting and talking about all these people and I can't stand them and all of this stuff, holding bitterness and malice. And, and you're, you're really, you, you have become a stumbling block because they're looking at you and like, yo, if that's what being a Christian is, I don't even want, I don't want to go to that church. I don't even want to talk to these people because she's nasty because she goes to church every Sunday and all she does when she comes to work is talk about people. Listen, we got to do better. Right? We got to show people what the world, we got to show people of this world that there's a better way, that there's a way of love and grace and reconciliation and peace. We got to show that when we live that way, then the world is able to see Jesus in us. In closing, let me just drive home this point one more time. Forgiveness is for you. Look at me. Forgiveness is not for them. Forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness will free you from the prison that you've had in your heart. You've been living with the, in this side of this prison where you holding on to what they did. I told you before, I was praying for somebody at the altar saying, I need to, I need to forgive my dad. And I was like, all right. And, and I prayed for her and the, the power of God hit her and the weight fell off of her and she fell down and she was crying. And when she got up, I said, I need you to call your dad now. And she was like, oh no, he died seven years ago. I was like, how can you be holding on to this stuff? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I mean, like, come on, man. We got to do better than that. It's time to let it go. Do not put this in the chat. I will not block my blessing anymore. Y'all ready? Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. This is something you need to maybe watch again. The last three messages, the last two and this one, life-changing. Speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I declare that I'm a vessel of your forgiveness and grace. I acknowledge the power of forgiveness in my life, and I choose to release bitterness and resentment. I let it go. I trust in your justice and your mercy, and I release my desire for personal vengeance. I let it go. I commit to seeking reconciliation and peace following your example of unconditional love, and you help me to forgive as I have been forgiven. I know that forgiveness is my path to personal freedom. Father, you grant me the wisdom to not navigate complex situations, but still do it with a spirit of forgiveness and discernment. So I declare that my journey of forgiveness is a testament of your power. I'm committed to being an agent of forgiveness and reconciliation in my community, reflecting your love and unity. Living with this mindset, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another one, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. If you're not getting my notes, why would you not want these notes? I'm giving it to you for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, do it right now. Like and subscribe. I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Two things as I close. Number one, leave me some comments in the chat. 
If this message was a blessing to you, I go back and I read these every day. Number two, share the message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have a great day. Let it go. Release all blessing blockers. Greater is coming for you. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.